judges judges ready? ready? Melissa, before we start, I just have to ask, what's it like to live in a world in which you've seen Hamilton? It's incredible, Kurt. Honestly, I feel like a changed person. And how does it make you feel to witness such blatant and personal smack talk between two politicians, the first actions that lead to international conflict, and the dissolution of goodwill between states? You know, Lin-Manuel Miranda really does a masterful job of making our history come alive and like the drama of the creation of a nation. Oh, no, no. Sorry. That time I was just talking about the news. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, can we just talk about how Trump has only been in office for less than a month and has managed to alienate so many people? And we have to keep talking about it. We have to speak up. And in the spirit of Eliza Hamilton, I will say this. Nevertheless, She persisted. Amen. Today, Melissa and I revisit a topic from our two Taboo for the Tab Room series. What place does politics have in forensics for students, for coaches, for judges? Have we changed our minds at all since the election of Donald J. Trump? Let's get political, friends. This This is Forensics Forensics Faces. But, We're going to be hey, girl. Now. Hi. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> Didn't get to see you yesterday. No, I was like really busy. Do you like how I like made you stop? I was like, yes, nope. but now I feel bad that it's just me bastardizing Hamilton lyrics for my own entertainment is how I introduced myself. <laughs> well, Sorry, guys. We will, we will get to that. Cause to my bastardizing Hamilton lyrics? No, no, no. Well, Hamilton in general yes. mentioned in the intro, yes. but we're going to come back to it yes. because you missed a tournament yesterday for a very good reason. Well, but, thank you for approving. Well, you know, I... You don't need my approval, but you're welcome. You know what? I um, do, though. So I uh, let's let's catch up yes. as we do each week. Mm-hmm. I have some news that yeah. I'm going to share with our listeners. Yeah, and, but it's like real news. This yeah, time. it is like real news. Um, and then we'll get to the more important rehashing of, of the show that you just got to see. Yes. Um, so listeners uh, who have been following my fun employment journey. Um, fun employment. Like, like out, the portmanteau of. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out. Not as fun as we had hoped it was going to be, at least not as long as we hoped it was going to be. Um, A position came up within the Sheboygan Area School District that on a whim I uh, decided, I almost said auditioned for. I mean, maybe. Because, (laughs) yep, um, that I applied for and... Whoops, I got the job. <laughs> Accidental hiring. The Kirkcrane story. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, I will be um, an administrative assistant at the downtown recreation department offices, um, handling a lot of the permits for like buildings and stuff within the district when you want to rent a building. Or like when forensics needs to rent buildings for their tournaments. Now you know somebody. I know a guy. You, I got a guy. You know, you know a guy. Um, so I will be doing that. Um, and like, I'm excited about it because this is the type of job that like I thought I would be good at and would enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing of it is so terrible. It's like real bad. This is like the worst possible time to get a new full-time job. Cause you're like 
I don't know. One might use the phrase a little busy, a little busy. So in addition to starting this full time job this week, I am also under contract for two audiobooks that need to be done by the end of the month, which is um, in two weeks, It just in two weeks. Yep. And I mean, I haven't like just started these, but like I'm only halfway through the long one and the, the short one, which is about five hours. Um, I'll have to have. Technically, that due date is March 10th, but I have to have the first part in by March 3rd. So there's just a lot to do. And getting those done when I was working full time was going to on on them was no problem. But getting them done now that I'm working full time at another job and have to try to also do those books is going to be an issue, especially because I am also now stage managing the Sheboygan Theater Company production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. What? Mm-hmm. You did not tell me that. Oh, I didn't? No. Yep. no. I've been, I've been signed <laughs> How up. How dare to, you? I've been signed up to SM that show for um, almost a full year. So it's just starting now. So I got to do that. Um, and, you know, I have a little thing coming up on March 4th called the Sheboygan North Forensics Tournament. That Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That also needs to get done. So, yeah, worst timing ever for what is hopefully a great new job. Um, but if you see me over the next two weeks, don't be surprised if I look like a zombie or if I am a mean individual because I'm probably not going to be sleeping very much. I believe in you. Thank you. You missed it when you walked away before I started singing the I Believe in You song from the Big Green, mm. which is a reference mostly my roommate will get. Okay. Because <laughs> I really like the Katie. movie The Big Green. <laughs> Great. But I'm not going to sing it on the podcast. Another time, maybe. Another time. Ask me in person to sing my motivational song to you, and I will sing it to you. It comes. There's clapping and there's Deal. step dancing. It's well, pretty good. I might. I might need to have that. Oh, yeah. a couple times in the next few weeks. I'll, I'll, so. I'll make up some more choreography to make it more entertaining <laughs> for you. But you got to distract yourself from your busyness by going to Hortonville. Yeah. Oh, we're not to Hortonville. Oh yeah, that's yet. we're not. Oh no, we oh, have no, one no, other no. thing because no, you we are on not top there of yet. getting hired, Mm-mm. your car decided it did not want to car any longer. Yep. It was like. <laughs> What's that? You paid me off a few months ago. Time to break down. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, yeah, um, John actually took my car to Green Bay on Thursday because he was taking it like once a week just to give it a good jog. Because otherwise it does a lot of sitting in my driveway and driving the three blocks to North High and then coming back to my house. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, I guess, started like just acting a little weird on Thursday when he was driving it. And I was like, you're being dramatic. So I went to get in the car at seven o'clock on Friday morning because I had to drive to take my drug test in Port Washington for this new job and I turn it on and it just starts like shaking like violently shaking and I was like oh shoot this is not like a let's wait and see if this goes Uh, away problem you ain't driving that car no this is a we better make sure that this isn't going to blow up on me problem so Through a series of car swaps, legendary car swaps, we somehow made it work that I was able to get to Port Washington. John was able to get to work. I was able to pick him up at lunch, get back, take my car for an afternoon appointment to the car fixing place. Mm -hmm. What do we call those? Mechanics. Dealership. Dealership. Yep. Took it there to get checked out, hoping they were going to tell me it was like a moderately expensive problem that they would be able to fix that day. Oh, heck no. And it turns out... That my engine has a hole in one of the valves, which is not a fixable problem. You simply have to replace the engine or replace the car. And the cost of fixing or like replacing the engine, even getting a used engine is insane, is about the same as my car is now worth. So 
The decision has been made that although I love this car. You do love this car. I, I remember when you bought car, this car. I I think it's time to say goodbye. Teach and how to say goodbye. Yeah. One last time. <laughs> oh God, that's gonna happen this whole episode. It is. I'm so ready. <laughs> but you're not. So, yeah, so that's been my trauma, my drama. Like, I, I finally get a full-time, like, or not finally, but, like, I, on a whim, get a full-time job thinking, like, oh, good, extra income. And then, boom, major monthly expense coming back at me. Car job. <sighs> so, yeah, that, uh, that, unfortunately, was my life this week. So, you... Want to hear more about Hortonville? I do, since I didn't get to be there. Oh, well, I don't know that I can do a good enough job of telling you all about it myself. So I thought we would maybe have a special guest help me out. What is happening right now? I don't know. Just hold tight. Okay. I I literally don't know what's happening right now. Nope. And I'm flushing. (laughs) I didn't tell her a thing. You... What is happening? <laughs> Hello? Hello. Hi. Can you hear us? Is this a surprise though? Yes, I can. Yeah. You jerks. Hi, it's... Antonio. <laughs> what? So, well, I, wrote you a, I wrote you a five second rap. And I, I worked pretty hard on it, so I'm just going to do it, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Can you hear, can you, is it, can I, can you hear me pretty fine? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, it's ready, okay. How did Melissa, Gabriel, and Coach Sheboygan enjoy Hamilton? Would you say that you were? That's pretty much it. We caught part of that. <laughs> oh, God, dang it. <laughs> that was beautiful. I will fix that in post. Yeah, we could hear your rap. Thank you. But, but the stuff in the background was a little tougher to understand. Oh. But still, sorry. It's um, I, I I was. So how was it? It was incredible. But you'll hear that when we chat about it on the podcast. We're not to that yet. Yeah, Bill's coming first. She she ended up going out of order, but it turned out it was okay because I had stalled long enough to make it to the time to call you. Gosh darn it! Good, yeah, good. yeah, good. So, so I'm just in the I'm in my hotel right now in Urbana Champagne. You're there for a potential uh, interview for for school, right? Veterinary school. Yep. And I told myself that um, I was pretty nervous, but I, I think I was more ner- nervous for this podcast. <laughs> oh, good. So, so I, I told myself that, I, you know, one thing at a time. So, yeah, I know, unless it's going to be choppy, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the, the, anything in the podcast, but... Well, let's... Um, I'll listen to you guys. Let's, let's chat about Hortonville for a little bit. You got to to uh, experience it with me. And so you can give your perspective. Melissa's literally leaning back in her chair now. <laughs> I'm going to Josh Lyman this meeting. <laughs> she's just going to listen. Um, so our day started with uh, some of your kids going to the wrong spot. So they had to run to catch up to the bus. Cool. <laughs> yep. That was fun. Um, also just a bus ride. Oh, no. Shout out to Holly Rhino because she literally asked for one. Oh my gosh. Gnarls. You are shameless. <laughs> so, she was she was a hoot. We had a good conversation. Talked a lot about my old stopwatch. I'll explain that later, but I'm gonna just leave cool. that there. Um, and then we got to the school, and that's when Antonio can come into the to the conversation. Um, so Hortonville, yeah. And am I am I allowed to give shout outs? Please, yeah. 
Yeah, so I have to give a shout out to Sam, who is a judge from Wapaka, because I think she's kind of like the female counterpart of me because she had these really cool shoes and she had a really cool haircut and a lot of awesome tattoos. So shout out to Sam from Wapaka. Do you have cool tattoos? No, I don't have cool tattoos. Okay. But when you really said counterpart, cool I got really excited. I'm not allowed that you to have s- tattoos yet. Okay, I was going to say, I got really excited for a second that you had tattoos and you just didn't tell us about it. I have cool <laughs> tattoos. No, not yet. I have one uncool tattoo. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Hortonville was a little smaller than usual, mainly because um, Appleton East was not there today. So I really missed Deb and Mike this weekend. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I w- but, but altogether, I think it was a good tournament. It was efficient. Like we got in and out of there on time, which I always appreciate. Um, and it was like really easy to uh, follow directions because there actually were directions, which oh, is nice. always nice. Um, right. So yeah, they were very clear about right. like how the day was supposed to go. Um, and also like polar bears are a right. big deal the, there. Right. Yeah. The ambiance was so nice because we had all of these intimidating polar bears just all around you so it's pretty cool mm-hmm. <laughs> i also really appreciate all the bear puns that they uh use throughout the school hit me with one um like their their little shop for buying things that you might need for the school day is just has the bear necessities above oh, it oh yes yeah <laughs> so there you go there's one i hit you with it that's one um So, yeah, it was smaller than usual. I will also say this, um, even though we have said we don't need uh, tournaments to cater to our weird eating habits, Mm -hmm. it was unusual to have a judge's lounge in the morning with no fruit. (laughs) I mean, other other than me. But (laughs) (laughs) right. but there was, yeah, it was, it was just all baked goods. It was all donuts. And so, which normally I'd be all about those carbs, but nah, not right now. And I was not going to cheat because next week is Kakana. And since we didn't cheat on cheesecake, I am having a Kakana sweet treat. I'm not sure yet if it's going to be a donut in the morning or if it's going to be like their peanut butter rice crispy with chocolate on top mm-hmm. thing. That's like, a scotcheroo, but not just like scotcheroo to the next level. I just love it so much. That's what I'm I'm thinking about for next week. You'll have one or the other. I'll have one or the other. I'll talk about cheating when we get to my day yesterday. Oh, good. I'm happy for you. I, I'm happy you. for you. Um, and as always, Hortonville had some weird judging. Antonio, I'm so curious to hear if this was the same for you guys. Like, did you see some kids who aren't usually successful having some success and some kids who are usually successful getting some weird ranks? Yeah, I did. Um, so I have one student who's gotten first in um, a category uh, for consecutively for the past few um, You know, he was just squirreled, as some um, people would say in the friendly squirrel. But, you know, it wasn't too bad. No, that's, yeah, I have that's to not complain about For my team, about... Yeah, you and your 308 team points i saw that facebook post i liked it yeah we did something different this week for, for what did you do Valentine's day a tournament so to amp up my boys i said you know i'm gonna we're gonna do something special um if you don't power because they had impromptu as a an alternative if you didn't power i told the boys if you don't power you have to do impromptu but if you do power then you get a, a special reward you get a rose and the idea was that they would give that rose to a person, another, a girl in their category uh, who they really um, 
who inspired them, who, who they not necessarily liked, but, you know, inspired them. Oh, my gosh. That is... So yeah, that's... That's why we had 24 roses. That's why all the boys had roses during power or during the awards ceremony. That's so, incredible. So who coordinated that? Did you do that? Yeah, because it started off with there's this one boy who liked a girl from another school, and I didn't want to single him out by buying him a bouquet because that's what he asked for. But you know what I said was, I'll buy two dozen roses, and then, you know, you're going to have to earn the rosy. I'm, just, I'm not just going to give you a rose. And it was interesting, too, because in Final Act, the roses were like $61.99 for a dozen. And then, so that was a florist I went to, but then I went to festival, and they had equally nice roses for way less than that. I love festival foods. Yeah. Amen. Right. So, so, so yeah, did it, was this, a, it was a pretty cool idea. Did this young gentleman get to give his rose to his the the affection of his eye he did he did he, he did he double powered so he got two roses oh wow okay when we're offline yeah. we are going to talk about who this is and where that rose went right i want to hear about it <laughs> i want to know who this is because sure, it's my favorite mm-hmm that makes so much sense now. I was kind of curious as to what the roses were about. And like, I even asked yeah, some of your, your students and they were like, you'll find out. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, I still don't, I still I don't, don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I'm so happy we have you yeah, here to, to explain. It was, a, some people like to describe forensics in the St. Lawrence world as the ultimate matchmaking service for our school, but <laughs> that's one way to get him to join the team that makes sense right right i wish i could use the same tactic on it north <laughs> high i would have a team of 200 i am sure um okay so now we are all going to listen to melissa tell us about going to see hamilton in chicago melissa you are set free okay the story behind this is that last june when they released tickets for hamilton in chicago i sat on Ticketmaster for a very long time to get a pair of tickets to give to my best friend slash roommate Katie for her birthday in August. And so I, her birthday is August 11th. So I bought the tickets for her exact half birthday. We saw the matinee show yesterday. I, it was like, I've been listening to Hamilton for a very long time. Like since Lin-Manuel Miranda performed the first song at the white house. And so I've been very involved for a while and it was still better than I could have imagined. Which is crazy. That is crazy. I was incredibly blown away. The atmosphere of the theater was so infectious and everyone was so excited. And the show was incredible. And I cried a lot at parts I didn't expect myself to cry at. And I laughed at parts I didn't realize that were funny because it's the blocking that's happening on the stage and the way the actors are interacting with each other that you don't get to hear in the soundtrack. And... I found myself yelling at one point (laughs) (laughs) along with what was happening on the stage. And it was wonderful. Were you the only one yelling? No. Okay. We we were up. We were in the balcony because I I don't make very much money. So we were in the balcony, but we had really good balcony seats. We were the second row of the balcony, but it was a really great seat. But everyone who's up there is just also in it. So they're singing along with the King George numbers as he's like conducting the audience and then there were just i just got really involved in the cabinet battle it's okay oh it's fine it's not a big deal you guys but yeah what did you say what did you shout 
I'm not talking about it. I'm just letting you know that I shouted and everyone else who can see it can do it themselves. But it was great. I'm already beginning to figure out how to go see it again in the very near future because it was incredibly motivational from an art and performance perspective for me. It was motivational from the idea of what I want to do to participate in politics and do my part to make things better and change things also makes me want to take dance classes. (laughs) (laughs) So it was incredible. If you can in any way find a way to go see it as it's being performed all over the place now for the next like three years, figure out a way to go do it. Even if you are not a musical person, it is an incredible performance. So even though Peter Woods won't listen to this, and Peter Woods don't like Hamilton. I think he would like to see the show. Fair enough. It was beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm keep pumping my fist. No one can see it. No. Nope. Also, I'm sipping water from my Hamilton and American Musical official water bottle. Yeah, which she keeps pointing out to me. And also, that's going to sound great on the podcast. I know. I'm that excited. That slurping noise <laughs> always comes across really well in audio. <laughs> So, hey, that was that was Hamilton, which is yeah. a good transition into this week's topic. Yeah. Um, Antonio, you're sticking around for this. No, I think I think you guys will have this covered. I'm not a very political person. Well, well maybe after listening to this podcast, you will be. But thank you for <laughs> surprising me. Yeah. This is the, the yeah, third no best problem. thing that happened to me this weekend, <laughs> which is saying a lot. I had a very good weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, we'll be seeing you at Kakana. Yes, we'll, we'll share um, a donut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. All right, we'll, we'll see. Thank you, you. Wish me luck for tomorrow. Yes, good luck. Good luck, Let us Antonio. know how it goes. Thanks, goes. thanks. I will. Okay, bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. So you were surprised? I was very surprised. I was so confused what was happening and why you were like trying to do something with Skype before the podcast. I was like, what are you fidgeting with? We I don't know. have an interview oh, this week. I wish that would have worked better because, uh, yeah. There was too much of a hint there, but it was still a surprise. It was still a surprise. Okay, good. Um, But also before we go into the actual uh, podcast content, I need to admit I cheated so hard at being a vegan last night. That's okay. Uh, But you went to that amazing restaurant. Yeah. So so. one of my like like most favorite friends, Alex Theodorov, is exec chefing at a restaurant in Chicago that opened recently called Mad Social, which is a very popular restaurant. I told him we were coming down and he was like, Oh, I'll try to, I'll grab you a table. No big deal. But there were people who were waiting for a very long time. It was packed. It was the end of Chicago restaurant week. So the fact that we got a table at all was very kind of him, but then we got spoiled. (laughs) I was, I ate so much. I was physically uncomfortable for many hours after the meal. I had to recline the seat in the car back (laughs) That's how much I ate because they they focus on it being shareable things. And so I was there with roommate Katie and then one of my friends from high school, Zach and his girlfriend, Leisha, who uh, is studying at Northwestern and they're fancy Chicago people. And we split five plates, (laughs) which is a lot. That's five plates for four people. Yeah. That's not that bad. Uh huh. But you're supposed to do a person for every two plates. (laughs) So we should have. We are yeah two people people for for a plate. So we should have gotten. So that was ten people's worth of food. Yeah, for four people. Yeah, but it was delicious. Oh, so do you think you felt uncomfortable mostly because of the quantity you ate, or perhaps because you were eating things you hadn't eaten in a while? Oh, it was super both. We got a cheese board. I haven't eaten cheese really since December. I had macro like three different kinds of cheese and a macaroni and cheese. Uh, We had a chocolate pot de creme for dessert. 
I went in. <laughs> you leaned in. I leaned so far in. And even when I got full, we were three dishes in and I was still full. And then I just, Elizabeth warned. I was like, nevertheless, she persisted. I just kept <laughs> going. We had poutine. We had this crazy Brussels sprout thing. It was so delicious. If you are ever in Chicago, it's in the West Loop neighborhood, which is this neighborhood that's up and coming mm-hmm. right next to the Fulton Market neighborhood, which is fancy restaurant neighborhood. But it is incredible food genuinely one of the best meals I've ever eaten and not just because one of my favorite people made it for me but that's awesome the mad social if you ever need to just indulge go but here's the thing if you go the thing you need to get is the chicken and churro waffle now I did not eat meat but I still got to have my one-fourth portion of that waffle Mm -hmm. I physically cried it was so good (laughs) (laughs) like I cut my part up and my friends were trying to cut their portions to be a third each. And I put the first bite in my mouth and actually cried. It was so good. Now, I have an unhealthy relationship with food in the first place. I'm an emotional eater. But that eating just straight up made me emotional. It was so good. (laughs) But the whole time, I felt guilty. I was like, Kurt, can't have this. I just thought about you as Not I was eating. Oh, that's sweet. But I think that if you get the chance when you go down. Also, we might have an unhealthy codependent relationship <laughs> if you're thinking about me well, as I you're just, crying into just, a waffle. I was just thinking about how delicious you would have found it. It came, it came with its own hot sauce for the chicken and stuff, which my mm. friend said was really good. But yes, the Mad Social in Chicago, go. Also, the cocktails were great. Well, maybe, that's, grown-ups maybe that is where John and I will go when we go to see Hamilton. You should. In so, July? In July, yeah. Yes. We're making a whole long weekend out of it. So. Good. Or at least we were before I had a job. We might have to revisit that. I am just now realizing. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I had Hamilton, all the food. I ate kale today <laughs> to make up for it. I will be behaving for the next six days. And then when we get to Kankana. We might do a little Another cheer. little, another, a what? mini Bacchanal. Not a, a little <laughs> full out one again. But oh, okay. I am very interested about what we're talking about. On our episode today, because you had an experience that inspired this? Is inspired the right inspired, word? Yeah, I mean, it inspired me to think about it again, okay. and perhaps in a new way. Um, I had really hoped to have time to go back and re-listen to the episode where we talked about this mm-hmm. in um, Too Taboo for the Tab Room, but I didn't. I think I vaguely remember what it was we talked about. Should we pause the podcast um, and listen to it together? Should we? No. Okay. <laughs> but we can if you want to. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, so it was uh, what happened is I have uh, two oratories. Both are pretty liberal in what they're talking about. One is about and I guys try not to like hold this against them if you judge them, because now you'll know their topics and you'll know their mind. Um, but uh, and, and both, I would say, are reactions to, you know, the election that happened. Mm-hmm. And these are these are young women who are. Um, smart and opinionated and had something they wanted to say. And so as, and I think as a result of the election are saying it much more strongly than maybe we would have otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one is talking about post-truth and the other one is talking about how convenience is killing us. Okay. And so um, the post-truth one really talks about uh, climate change and that climate change is like the greatest and perhaps first example first and foremost example of how you can just deny something and then eventually enough people will believe that it's false, that it becomes post truth. 
And so the whole speech is about that. Um, and then the other speech is about how convenience is killing us. And a big component of that is how uh, so many of the products that we use on a daily basis are disposable and that that is really terrible for the environment. Mm -hmm. um, and in both cases, they both hit two separate judges who just made their personal biases so clear in their critique. Um, the more ironic of the two was the one on Post-Truth who said that she had failed to cite her information about you know, X, Y, and Z. And it is very well. I mean, the whole thing is about that. It's all information. It's all cited. Mm -hmm. Unless, and I always say this because I don't know what happened in the round, unless she just happened to skip all of those sentences on this particular recitation. Doubtful. Which, you know, I don't think would happen. And I also think she's the type of kid who would own up to it if she thought that's what happened. Mm -hmm. But it was just such a an example of like exactly what she was talking about. That here was somebody, even though they were being presented with factual information and the sources of that factual information was saying that, you know, she wasn't backing it up, that that's, you know, that's just her opinion. And it was all about like climate change. Like, I don't think you really backed up that climate change is real. And it was like, that's, that's actually the whole speech. Like, you're like, you're like, so silly. Like maybe, you know, she could have dropped a line or two and maybe you could have said that that one fact wasn't supported, but it was just the fact that they were saying like the whole argument wasn't well supported. And then she got last in that round. And, 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 and that's next to a critique from yesterday and many critiques that have come before it that have talked about how well-written and well-cited her research is. Yeah. Um, so it was just, to me, such a clear example of politics entering into forensics. And that's why I wanted to talk about it again today, because it made me think about it in a different way, which was not only that, like, I still don't believe, I still believe that judges should not bring their personal politics into their judging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, the, the question should be as a judge, they're making an argument. Have they backed it up? Yes. Not do I agree with it? So that part of it, I, I still believe in that that shouldn't happen. But I guess what I hadn't considered when we talked about this back in October, because our, our two taboo for the taboo episode aired on October 31st. Mm -hmm. So just about a week before election day. Um, was that what my student was doing was bringing her politics into the round. Yes. And do I support that? I, I say yes. Mm -hmm. But if I say yes to that, if I say yes to the student bringing their politics into the round, how can I say to the judge that you can't bring your politics into the round? And am I being a giant hypocrite? So that is my question. That is really the topic of this week's episode. Um, in the guise of politics, we're asking, is Kurt Graves a giant hypocrite? Go. Melissa Gabrielson would like to say that she does not think that Kurt Graves is a giant hypocrite. Because when adjudicating forensics, the bringing in of one's personal politics is not part of the guidelines. It is not upon the basis that one judges. And especially in the category of oratory, students are being encouraged to write a persuasive speech about something they want to change the minds of the people they are performing for by persuading them to reconsider something. And while we may not agree with them, a really good oratory to me is one where I walk out of the round reconsidering my viewpoint about something. Mm. And 
It might be a slight reconsideration. It might be a complete 180. But the idea of deciding that my disagreement with a student is what is critiquable, I think goes against forensics faces rule one and two, be nice to kids and get out of the way. Mm. (laughs) Because then what I'm doing is instead of presenting fixable, critiquable areas of improvement, I am instead putting those on a board behind me and standing in front of it, wearing a sandwich board that says, I don't agree with you, which is not nice. And so when you put that in front of that, a student is only going to see that you disagree with them rather than perhaps what other critique you're offering is worthwhile to consider because a student is more likely to remember you disagreeing with them rather than you providing feedback because that's going to be the thing that they are focusing on and that their coach is going to focus on. And no one goes into oratory. Okay. I shouldn't say this. I always encourage students to write oratories that might not be well-performing because I want them to believe in their message. And sometimes believing your message is a controversial topic, whether it be second wave feminism, comprehensive sex education, these sorts of topics that are not traditional Wisconsin oratory topics but these students believe in and they can speak, stand firmly on that soapbox and talk about them. But if I am worried about people standing in the way of them speaking their message, then I'm going to step back and like tell them to pick safe topics. And that's not what makes oratory interesting. That's not what gets kids to think outside of the box of it. And so if we were constantly only doing things in forensics while worrying about I don't want to say being politically correct, but worrying about appeasing everyone, Mm -hmm. then forensics would suck. So I, I believe that it is our place as the adult figures and not necessarily role models, but the people setting the tone, deciding that we are bringing our personal biases and politics into the round further dampens creativity, thought process, the idea of a student getting to, stand within their message and speak what is true to them. So you're not a hypocrite. Okay. Thank you. I think, and and if people can disagree with us and say that they should be able to bring their personal bias, but then I want to know what the advantage of that is when critiquing a student. What, what did, what are they going to get in knowing you disagree with them? Right. You're another person in the world who disagrees. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And I have disagreed yeah. with people. Oh, I think we talked yeah. about this the last time. Like yeah. I, I've disagreed. I've even commented on how I've disagreed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a comment. It's a critique. And I always make sure to make it very clear. Like this does not affect your ranking. Like part of the reason why this was upsetting to my student. And then therefore to me was that the, the justification for rank was that like, you're not backing up your information when again, unless she stroked out and just like left out three paragraphs of her speech, like, the information and citations are there. And if they be- if you believe the sources being cited are illegitimate, if they're like from a petition on change.org, this person says, you can comment that the sources you are using to back up your argument are questionable. Then say that mm-hmm. so that a student has to reconsider sources. But just saying that it's not backed up because they're not the sources you would want. Also, 
That's just rude. <laughs> the speech touches on the fact that there are some sources of news that are legitimate and some sources of news that are not legitimate. Hashtag fake news. Yeah. Like it's talking like that's the topic of the speech is like we can't live in a post truth world. There needs to be facts and there needs to be opinion, but you shouldn't be able to confuse the two. And then it was getting confused in the judging. Yeah. Which was, uh, but, so, okay, so now I'm going to play devil's advocate. I was going to say, we have to devil's advocate because I know that we both have arguments for it. Well, because and this is, again, why I wanted to talk about it. Because as frustrating as it was to hear that on the bus yesterday and, and to see that uh, from my student, there is now a part of me that is thinking like, well, what could we do? Is there anything we could do to make that argument illegitimate? Like no way that they could say that about this speech. Um, and I've come back to it now after mm-hmm. thinking about it for, you know, 24 hours. No, there's not. Yeah. If what's currently on the page is what's being said out loud in the round, then no, there's nothing that could have made this judge say anything but what they said, mm-hmm. because they clearly just don't agree and were not ready to be convinced otherwise. Yeah. Then it made me question, though, like in the world of political discourse that we have right now, is this actually a good thing for my student to encounter that? To know that like, that's real, that exists in the world, that you can actually stand up in front of somebody for 10 minutes and make a clear and logical and well-supported point. And they sometimes, there are people in the world who will still look at you and go, well, you didn't make your point well enough. So you haven't convinced me. Like, is there merit to that? Is, is like the devil's advocate in me is like, you know, that might be just as like, sometimes it's a good lesson to just get a judge who doesn't really know what they're doing or like, didn't know the rules and accidentally gave you the wrong ranking or, you know, like just, just didn't understand what forensics was and did a poor job of adjudicating that particular round. And and you have to just get over that and move on. Is it, is it actually good for our students to run into a bias that just disagrees with them sometimes. One, I think there are plenty of other places in the world that students are doing that. There are plenty of their peers who are going to be disagreeing with them as students have more access to information and knowledge. It used to be that people assume that all young people had the same thoughts that all young people, at least according to my father, all young people are liberal. Sorry, dad. My mom listens to the podcast. She can tell him I shouted him out, called him out. <laughs> Take that, dad. Uh, but as more kids have more access to information, these kids are having these arguments in classes. My students come to meetings and practices talking about getting into arguments with kids who make really crap comments or the students that I have on my teams of color butting up against kids being openly racist in classes. And so they're learning that from their peers. But I guess... We talk about forensics being a place to learn lessons the hard way. And I guess this is one of them yeah. is learning that there are adults in the world who that this is not a sometimes they're like, oh, it's a phase they'll grow out of. But it's not a phase that people are growing out of. It's a, a mindset they're diving into. And I mean, I don't want to say that there's merit in it because I think it's people making an inappropriate choice about where to put their opinions and their feelings and their and their ideals and forcing them upon students when it's not the place for it but i mean there's there are lessons to be learned i guess yeah i i mean as someone who has done 
like this year I'm doing an oratory with a student about comprehensive sex ed and every single weekend we change things in it because we knew going in, it was not going to be fun for adults to hear a 17 year old girl talking about sex ed. And we've been trying to maintain that balance. We added a part in her introduction about how she's not doing this for shock value because people were sort of being accusatory about that and that she just wanted to be someone to be able to talk about sex. And that's not what the message is at all. And so, I mean, it could be a lesson for students to then figure out, okay, how can I word this then to be more universally appealing? But I think when you're taking a stand about something, the idea is not to be universally appealing. But then that's the idea of how we're approaching forensics. Are you coming into forensics to write a winning speech that is going to be appealing to everyone that doesn't necessarily take a stance, but just inspires you to live your life differently? Or are you someone who's coming in hoping to use 10 minutes to change someone's mind? Mm. Dang. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) So then my final question related to this topic becomes... Are we as coaches in the right or perhaps even should we be encouraging our students to think that way, to think politically, to raise their voice in opposition to the things that they see in our government that they don't like? And this is the big thing about the election of Donald J. Trump that I wonder if it has changed my mind because I don't know. And I'm just being honest here, guys. Uh I don't know that. On October 31st, I was thinking of this in uh, the same way I am now. I don't think I was thinking about protest. I don't think I was thinking about rising up against a government that is unjust and unqualified. Mm-hmm. Um, about making sure that the the three million uh, surplus voters who voted for somebody else who is not currently our president, you know, making sure that the voices of the majority of Americans who voted uh, is heard. Now I'm thinking about it differently because on October 31st, if you had asked me, what is the likelihood that Donald Trump would be president? I would have said, (coughs) well, according to uh, 538, it's about 8%. And I think they're being generous. Yeah. You know? So, I don't like, should, should we be encouraging students to do this? Should we just be keeping our mouths shut? Okay. I don't, I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast because that's how time works. I had a situation with a student and her speech teacher and him making an argument to their class, using his class as a platform to say that the protests that happened during the women's march people should not like bitch and moan about something. They should keep their mouths shut. And I became furious Mm -hmm. because this is a person who is in education, teaching a speech class, telling students it's better to remain silent. And so (laughs) inspired by my new trying to be better post Trump world, I wrote letters to people in administration, the head of the English department. I did all that I could to stand up and be a voice for the student who felt uncomfortable because she still has to take that gentleman's class. It was the first class of the semester Mm -hmm. and this happened. But for me, forensics is one of the places, one of the very few places in the high school environment where students get encouraged to have their voice, where it is our 
responsibility and for me, deep, intense pleasure to provide a place for students to have adults listen to them where they can get up and speak a message, whether that's a farrago about something that's going on in their lives and something they're very personally attached to a mental illness, or it's a forensic speech about how to exist in a post-truth world. This is the place where we encourage them to find that voice to speak up about it. And even if a student comes to you wanting to speak up about something that you personally don't agree with, it's not your place to silence that student because you're going to silence that voice then for the rest of their lives. That's what that, that situation could be. That that interaction that that student have could be, could be something that prevents them from going out into the world and trying to do their part to give a crap about something. And there are plenty of other things in their environments that tell them to be silent and to be quiet and not speak up. And in forensics, all I'm trying to do is sometimes beg a student to shout. Yeah. So I find it as my responsibility as a coach to provide a place for a student to be able to one, find that voice and two, use it. Awesome. Good. Cause I feel the same way, Good. but I guess what I'm also, <laughs> what I'm also trying to do, because like everybody knows we're just a couple of liberal snowflakes over yep. here. Um, what I'm trying to acknowledge is the fact that while I may have always felt that way, I feel it now more strongly and it's in reaction to the whole, you know, get over it line, yep. you know, that, that you, I am seeing from, well, I'm assuming mostly conservative Republicans, yeah. the whole idea of like, you, you know, you lost, get over it, move on. And it's like, no, no, I'm not saying, well, I am saying that this is different. Like electing Donald Trump is not like electing a politician you just don't like. Like yep. that was straight up a mistake. <laughs> he is unqualified. He is unfit to be president as many, many people in the political world uh, uh, as journalists, uh, in even business people who are yep. far more successful than him have said he is unfit to be running our country. And I think in the three weeks since he has taken the oath of office, he has proven that time and time and time again. So I'm not going to get over it. I want to be loud. I want to tell other people to be loud. I talked about it when he was elected, uh, in the introduction to the next podcast that came out the week after he was elected. Yep. We have to speak up. We have to use our voices. Um, and I guess I'm just trying to acknowledge the fact that maybe when we talked about this topic back in October, I didn't have the same fire under me. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to think I did, but I probably didn't because now I find myself in, uh, in a lot of ways, what I feel like is a vocal majority, but that somehow still feels like a minority. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do because we had for eight years seeing ourselves represented in our presidency, which is the highest office of power that we have in our nation. And now we are not represented there. And so all of the voices attached to it end up getting to be louder than ours. And I think that being someone who has been involved in forensics for as long as I have now and Honestly, as intensely as I have been involved now, hello, welcome to our forensics podcast. <laughs> I have learned just how important it is for me to use my voice in whatever way I can. There are some of you who are listening to this right now who are disagreeing with our political views, but I know that you understand the importance of giving 
students a voice. And so I'm hoping that you walk away from us talking about this, being encouraged to let students talk about what they want to talk about. Sometimes we have to help narrow that down or bring that in or bring focus to a topic. Sometimes a student needs to be slightly directed towards something more specific in what they're talking about. But I hope that this helps you figure out how to support a student without thinking you also have to support their belief, which is a very, very important aspect of forensics. And I hope that those of us who are listening or participating, I guess we're here doing this. I'm not listening to it. Um, can go into rounds and find ways to objectively judge students we do not agree with. And we've talked about this before that sometimes it's very interesting to judge a student who is very conservative, performing in what can be labeled as a very liberal world, but your student's critique proves that forensics is not just a totally liberal world. It's not all snowflakes. No. No. No, it's not. But we're... Obviously, Kurt and I have proven time and time again that we are liberal snowflakes and we're not we're not trying to use our podcast to convince people to come to our side. We want to convince you that as much as you can disagree with what a student is saying, providing them critiquable feedback that they can fix and alter that they and their coach can work on because you and that student aren't going to go into practice tomorrow and rewrite her speech because of that that critique. That's not something that a student's going to be able to change. She's not going to walk away from that changing her opinion about post-truth. She's going to walk away from that wondering whether or not she should keep talking. And that bums me way, way out. I am. I'm loving this because I feel like you are better articulating the things that I'm feeling right now than I am even able to. Well, it's because I thank you for bringing an objective voice to this and, and saying the things that I, well, I just saw Hamilton yesterday. So I'm very inspired about taking my shot. I love that. I love that. So thank you. All right. Maybe let's talk about something more fun. We want to talk about Hamilton some more. Sure. Well, I was going to say best thing we saw this week. I'm guessing yours was Hamilton. Um, I mean, if I said something else, would that be really the best thing I saw this week was a cheese board? I don't know. Well, that makes sense. Oh, I mean, you you did make this real. It was such a lovely gesture last week when for the Super Bowl, you made us the spinach artichoke dip that had fake cheese on it. And like, I didn't have the heart to tell you how much it didn't taste like cheese. It doesn't taste like cheese. It's a totally different thing. Good in its own right. but Totally different. Still not cheese. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy to hear that you got to eat some cheese. Why I was I there was one point where I literally had two different kinds of cheese in each of my hands and was just biting from them. Like my friends were politely using the knife, the knife, the (laughs) knife provided by the restaurant. And I was just crumbling cheese and pulling brie out of its casing with my bare hands. (laughs) It was incredible. No, obviously the best thing I saw this week, I'm going to say was the audience at Hamilton. I have not gotten to go to a theater production of that level since I was in uh, New York, my junior year of high school. So that's been a hot minute, a good decade. Wow. And seeing all of these people from all these different walks of life dressed up, even though it was 2 p.m. on a Saturday, but everyone dressed in their best and the camaraderie between people, like passing a Kleenex to the woman sitting next to them and chatting about things. And 
we, Katie and I lucked out. I got to sit next to a woman who she and her fiance were just as involved as I was. And so I could tell she was trying to retru- like restrain herself, but I was bopping along and grooving. I wasn't going to stop <laughs> myself. And once she saw me doing that, she got to be more into it. And so we got to encourage other people and getting to be a part of just a large group of people all enjoying the same piece of work. And the moment when they get to the line immigrants, we get the job done. And the entire theater bursts out into applause and cheering. And they have to pause the show for like five seconds just to let that applause build. And I just I'm getting chills thinking about it now. It was just a really great moment to be a part of. So even though the show was incredible and life changing and awe inspiring, getting to be in the audience was my favorite part. Awesome. That's yeah. the power of theater. That's the power of performance. And yes. in many ways, that's the power yes, of speech. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, okay. Mine is going to seem kind of silly now. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I actually saw a couple of good stuff this week. Yay. Tell um, me all about them. Um, well, you know what? I Not for nothing. And they've actually been called out once before. But the best thing I saw this week was the five kid uh, group and terp. Because I got to see the final round of group and terp this weekend. So... The boys dancing. They did. Although there was one kid who I am told is a like filler. He's been like filling in for somebody. And I say kudos to that kid. Um, But I could tell (laughs) (laughs) kudos to that kid. He is doing a great job. Um, But like, yeah, you can tell like the other four have had a little more time with it. Mm. Um, And it was, it really was uh, exceptional. Like it's, um, entertaining it there's some some pathos to it uh it's not just about dancing even though that's what they say it's about i really (laughs) really love that i'm glad you finally got to see it and now you know why i was so jazzed yeah um and i also got to see um you know a really a really better than decent prose preliminary round that kind of blew me away so i i will say to those those people good job i can't name them because they didn't put names on the the ballots so that's just something i will shout out to people right now like if you're running a tournament and you're on the fence about whether i should put the kid's name on the ballot please go ahead and do it because we would love to be able to identify them by yeah, name do it for us for the podcast yeah, that's please. the only reason please i actually also like it because it makes it easy for me to then ask personal questions of a student because i'm more likely to respond to their name if i need to ask about their other events or if I have a mm-hmm. question for them, then they're more likely to respond to yeah. me saying their name than I, 22 Z two. Now, because, because it's the dynamic has changed. I mean, five years ago, this wouldn't have been an issue. Everybody was just a code, yep. but now sometimes we have the chance to actually say like, you know, John, are you here? Yeah. You know, Nancy, are you here? It's I haven't just, it's had but like, yeah, it, it does. It, it, it does make it a little bit more personable, which I enjoy, yeah. even though I don't like to have a lot of conversation or chit chat. Yeah. As we've um, talked. Yeah. I do. I do like it to be personable. So. Well, that's nice. All right. Moving on. Uh, our retro forensics faces episode this Wednesday is am, featuring oh, one. I'm still so heartbroken. <laughs> one Ms. Jacqueline Young of Blue Springs High School in Blue Springs, Missouri. Uh, we were not able to get Melissa on the phone, though we did no, try. There was a technical difficulty. Yeah. But she is a w- incredible force of nature in Interp. And I am so excited to once again get to be fan of episode and listen to it because Kurt would not shut up about her after he did it. It was like therapy. Like just to talking with her and hearing her stories. And she is so forthright about her experiences and like... It was just so nice to be able to hear a coach tell me some of the stuff that she told me. And I'm, I'm so excited for everybody else to hear it. Yes. If you um, are having a mid-season slump, 
It is going to be motivational for you. Amen. Yeah. Also, we all did an episode last season about mid like motivation during the mid season. So if you need that right now, go yeah. listen to it. Go find it. They're yeah. all on the website, guys. Go there. Yeah. Um, also, the podcast can now be found on Google Play Music, which Yay! I like bad on me. I just didn't know we had to go register it. I figured they oh. just pulled from iTunes like everybody else, but <laughs> they don't. But we are now on Google Play Music. If go listen that is to us there. One place you want to listen to us and or rate or review us. That would be yeah, do great. It. Forensics Faces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, pretty, pretty please give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, like Google Play Music. Those ratings help other people find us. More information is available at ForensicsFaces.com, and you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Forensics Faces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. 